This episode is sponsored by Superhigh. Want to learn how to code but don't know where to begin? Superhigh has easy online lessons, so anyone can learn anywhere at their own pace. I recommend their foundation course on HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. It's a great introduction for new coders, and at the end, you'll be able to make your own website from scratch. Visit superi.com to find out more. Help me uh, focus on my thoughts, mm. rather than how you, how, you, how you look when I tell you what I think. So we pick up our intuition story with an interview I did with a friend of mine, Marcus Nistrand. Yeah, right. So my name is Marcus. And I don't own a proper recording studio, so I make do with what I got. And that means having a large windscreen in front of my face. I can actually see you, but only like the top of your head. <laughs> can you see my eyebrows? Hair. No, I can see. I can basically see your hair. Oh. Your face is covered. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And why I wanted to talk to Marcus is because he made a really, really cool project about something called ASMR. Yeah, so I, I, I kind of stumbled upon this ASMR thing, which I knew nothing about before. But then suddenly when you told me about it, I started seeing it everywhere. And like it felt like everywhere in the news, people were speaking about ASMR. But, but like, could you just explain what ASMR actually is? Oh, so I think... Okay, so the term is just autonomous sensory meridian response. And to explain what that, that means, it's basically just people whispering to a camera. And it's super weird. But it's absolutely amazing. You watch this video and you get uh, a tingly sensation um, down your spine or the back of your head. And re really often it feels intimate, right? Mm. Uh, so so what, I, what I started to think about was what what happens if you if you could remove this this intimate factor or if you could remove this kind of human factor and and would you still would you still uh, feel these tingles as they call it mm. or would you would it be all like dead how did you experiment with taking away the human part from asmr so uh, the way to experiment with that was for me at least to do 3D animations. Uh, basically, they were created in Cinema 4D. How do you work in cinema? How do you create an object like you did? Um, well, that's a kind of hard question. I I mean, you, you basically work with... Oh, it's really hard to explain. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry for that hard question. You, you, okay, so a pretty simple explanation would be you, you'd create 3D objects. So like you can say that you, you draw a, a cube and you give it some properties, you give it color, you give it uh, glossiness and whatever. Say that cube is supposed to be blue uh, and a little bit shiny. You can animate it in various ways. You can, you can move it around, you can modify the shape of it. You can give it physics and dynamic. You can make some kind of balloon object. And maybe you tell that balloon to go float upwards towards this cube. Uh, interact with it with other physical objects in this world and therefore you can make interactions in your in the objects and when it touches the cube you might program the balloon to pop because the cube is pointy then you need to render because basically it's the program 
calculating all these pixels, putting them together, creating an, a movie that you basically programmed. Yeah, so that, yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, but that, I mean, you don't really need to think about that too much when you do all these things. I mean, in my process, uh, I, I just think about what would be nice in terms of ASMR. I mean, in terms of, what do you say, like human-less ASMR. And then I do some sketches in this 3D program. And then when I think I have the object or the idea of the object, uh, the, the whole rendering part is just... You just press a button and let the computer think. Yeah. So this whole thing is a search for interesting sounds and, and texture in sounds and stuff like that. I would base them on things that I have seen people do, but I would kind of mix and match and, and do new things, but remove the whole human part. Because that was a really like big part of the whole project, removing the human part. Yeah, it's and, and, and see if... Uh, you would actually achieve ASMR from something that was not human. Should we actually listen to some of them? Yeah, yeah, sure. Let me bring them up. It it looks like a blue pillow, and then there's some sort of like brown, it, brown textured ball. Kind of looks like a walnut or something. Yeah, and it's like moving back and forth. Uh, yeah, it it should look like some kind of nut with a weird shape, but I mean. It looks really weird. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I had to test it on many people before I could make any conclusions. So I set up this whole survey kind of thing online. So it was set up in a way that you you were presented with one object and then you had questions below that you could basically rate them or you could basically describe how you felt. So it would range from, like, I had no tingles at all to all the way to I felt really strong tickles. And what was the response? I mean, looking at the result now, it's one year maybe or more since I since I closed the survey, and it's it's quite clear that the videos I made surely can elicit tingles in people. So people got tingles. Yeah, you were successful. Yeah, I mean, I I think I I can I was more into you know, can I look at an image? and get tingles from the sound that this thing appears to make, right? So it's all fake, it's 3D, but the question for me was, uh, can I just switch out the human? Can I just remove the human and would it work? So, yeah, but I mean, I could talk about one specific one, how I made it, if you want to know. Like, Yes, one specific one. Can uh, we, can we, which, which object do you want to talk about? Let me find it. I mean, the the, my favorite one is the... Uh, Oh, what, what did I call it? The the green, it's kind of like seagrass with some kind of, yeah, this one. Okay, let's just listen to it. You call it v wavy strays. Yeah, so so the, the wavy strays, it's basically just a, a bottom shape, right? I imagine it would be some kind of pond. And, and the strays, I imagine, would be some kind of seagrass. 
and this circle shape is is actually in, interacting with the each each straw. Like the circle just spins around and touches and interacts yeah. interacts with these straws that are sticking up from this pond. Do you do you get any tingles from this? Yeah, I should say I did before. I actually get a little bit now, but I did get way more tingles like before or like in the process of making this. Uh, you might now, get tired of your own yeah own created ASMR objects. And that that's actually a thing. Uh, ASMR immunity is an actual term uh, that is about listening to the same trigger too much, and that it makes you kind of numb to it. Uh, and that that's actually pretty interesting because if you would, if you would create a an ASMR generator uh, that that kind of randomizes properties and just create simple animations with sounds you would you would basically have an infinite or maybe not infinite but a a huge source of randomized procedurally created asmr material so you, you would never run out of, of triggers um but i mean hopefully in in the utopian future yeah someone some ai researcher will create an AI that has learned to generate new and exciting ASMR for all of eternity. Yeah. Like a, a forever live stream on YouTube with new ASMR objects that never ends. And then humanity would be saved. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I should also wear my glasses under right. Yes. Yep. So what do you see right now? A while ago, Marcus, actually, and I were at a museum installation in Stockholm about video games. I see a start VR in Swedish. Is it in Swedish? It's in Swedish, yeah. Start of VR. Should it be in English? You actually, um, you you pressed the on and off button when you were putting it on. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, probably did. One installation had this comfy lounge chair where you would sit down, put on VR goggles, and you would be transported to this calm little spot in the woods. So I met with the team that made the software. They're called Mimers, and Sara Uakim guided me through a session. And what I'm going to do is try to recreate it. Welcome to your calm place. Out here, you can feel safe. During this session, we're going to focus on creating a deep feeling 
or relaxation. With a soft focus, take your time to listen to your surroundings. Envelop yourself in the environment and feel that you're really here amongst the trees, the chirping birds, and the soft, crackling bonfire. A rain cloud moves across the landscape and you embrace every droplet. Notice your breath, your lungs filling with air, slowly expanding. Breathe out, letting go of any tension you might be holding in your stomach, in your chest, in your jaw. The sun starts to set beyond the ocean and the warm tones stain the sky. First yellow, then orange. The sky turns red before the sun completely disappears behind the horizon. The fire slowly subsides, but the crackling from the embers keep you warm. If you get distracted by a thought, gently return your focus to the sounds around you. Notice every little detail. One thing that research has shown is that nature environments will almost automatically, for everyone, um, help really drive the, um, the pulse down and um, relax the thought process. And you kind of get very quickly into a lot more calming uh, um, situation uh, with nature around you. Uh, for me, it was very interesting to discover calm place the first time because I've never been a mindfulness person. So I tried it and then I tried it again and then I tried it again and then uh, I think after seven days, as soon as I would look at my headset, I was actually start to feel sleepy, very Pavlovian, <laughs> easily, easily trained. <laughs> Even as a person like you that's not a mindfulness-like person. At all. You just found that so intuitive to start doing. Exactly. And really be able to, to fit, to, to make it fit my needs, not just jump in on somebody else's kind of cookie cutter setup of what mindfulness should be. Yeah. Not <laughs> just the average. Yeah. When I was doing that mindfulness right now, and I was sitting in front of the fire and it was like daylight, and then the fire starts like to diminish mm -hmm. and it starts to snow. Like, I really like that. But somebody that's not Norwegian as me, mm. we've actually seen it. We've cold. seen it. 
Yeah. We've seen it. The cold environment that you tried, uh, that is, uh, is, is so funny to see people actually start sh shivering uh, when in fact they're still in the same room and the temperature hasn't changed. But the, the mind is such a fantastic and amazing tool that you can actually really, through immersive uh, technologies like VR, um, get, uh, get the, the, the person into a completely different uh, environment and mode. What I find so fascinating about this is that um, you're basically using code. Like, this is just code. It's, it's a computer program, and you've designed it in a, in a specific way. Like, this is sort of, it's inspired from nature, but yeah. it's not nature at all. Someone has sat and drawn these polylines to Absolutely. be in this order. And all this code is just sort of hacking our brains. It's it's all just using intuition to play on our subconscious mind. Absolutely, um, and I think that we're all kind of in agreement of, in, in this in this area is that people really don't haven't really understood the real power of VR and the real impact of immersive uh, technologies. And it's all coding. It's all programming and. There have been several studies on how VR affects our brains and how it can be a really effective tool for therapy. Really using a technology for good. Really Calmplace has been used to help with subduing pain and discomfort during pregnancy. It has been used to help with stress for kids attending middle school. Really using that as a tool for mental health and for giving access to uh, all of these fantastic research environments and, uh, and sessions and, and therapies that are out there through VR. How long has the robot been up? Um, since October? No? November? November. So like approximately two, maybe three months. Remember the robot that Max made in the first episode? The one that brought up the question of whether or not you would actually feel beautiful if a robot told you so. Yeah. I had to fix a lot of things. Like what? Uh, it, it looked at the cars outside, and uh, it looked at the wrong direction, and uh, uh, the, the light changed during, during the day, so it didn't see all the time. So now it sort of tries to see the whole day, but it's kind of stupid, so it doesn't really see all day long. Since making that episode, Max finished the robot and it's now up at a creative agency called Snusk. Okay, let's see here. All right, we're here. Hey, good on. 
Was it Frederick? Yep. Yeah. We met with Frederick Öst. He's the founder and the creative director at Snask. Have you been in charge of uh, having Max make the robot? Uh, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> so, have you have you tried the robot yourself? The one that says like, "You look beautiful." Today. Yeah. <laughs> We've tried it several times during the setup to find the correct like volume and what area it's supposed to look at and. Uh, and is it someone here in the office? Because yeah, so it's, it, it alters between uh, Isabel and Camilla. And they say, don't worry, you look amazing. During the prototype, or like the prototyping phase? The early voice when there was this robotic... Um, oh, don't worry, you look amazing. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. That really emphasized like my point of like, well, if a robot tells you that you're beautiful, would you actually take that to heart? Mm-hmm. I, f I feel like there's a little more effect when it's a human person. Yeah, like the idea was never that it would be a robot. Yeah. It was always like, okay, we need it to be human in mm. that sense. Yeah. Do you generally feel like from that person looking at themselves in the mirror, do you think that they would actually feel beautiful? No, I think they feel a bit uh, surprised that it happens and we can really uh, decide how they're going to receive it because it can be how they feel exactly that day or whatever they do, but there are mixed reactions between people just like walking away uh, or people start laughing or people just smiling. And if we can create one intent to just smile and have a little bit of a better day, then we've done what we wanted to do. But it's, it's kind of an art project in that sense that we can't, we don't want to control what people feel. But we, it, it is in a situation that is a bit sensitive because you're in public, you're looking at yourself, but you don't really want people to see you looking at yourself. So it's a bit shameful and then suddenly this window speaks to you. My guess is that people that laugh actually don't take it to heart, they're just sort of like... Yeah, probably, whatever. yeah. And also, I mean, it's... Maybe you laugh because you're uncomfortable too. I mean, yeah, of course, it has to do with with your ability to take a compliment. And then you have to work with yourself and think about it. And, and lots of people have problems, like myself as well. Like yeah. if someone gives me a compliment, I'm like, yeah, but they don't really mean it. So I don't want to... I feel uncomfortable and I, I want to quickly jump to something else. Uh, so, and that has to do with me only. Yeah. So, I mean, in that sense, it's, it's interesting, yeah. yeah. I felt like it was yeah. like just a perfect example of like, sort of, is an experiment in the human condition, right? It has to do with reaching into the psyche of the people and how it's received and it's different reactions to all of them. Mm -hmm. So, I think that's... that's yeah. So do you wanna? You should walk walk over here now. Yeah. I think if I stand. Okay, so I'm gonna walk past it. See the mirror. Don't worry, you look amazing. 
That's so satisfying. Yeah. You have to stand here for a little while, for sure. Yeah, yeah. but before it was too quick. Yeah. So it was constantly, but it would be all the time. So now it's like people who actually really look at themselves. Yeah. Otherwise, it will also be superficial. Yeah. It's too many compliments. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you really have to narrow it down. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Don't worry, you look amazing. From like the prototype to like, oh, now it's it's finally up. Now it's it's working. And could you help me then answer the question like, oh, um, well, do you do you think that people do feel beautiful? I don't think they take it as a real compliment, but at the same time, it's hard to 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 defend yourself against a compliment, even though it's you know it's an insulation. So maybe as they walk away, they smile a bit inside. I think that's a great answer. Do you want to know something? I think you, listening right now, you're beautiful. Are you strong enough to take that compliment too? Maybe they feel a bit more warm inside or whatever, and then maybe they do feel a bit more beautiful. Yeah, I don't know. I really hope you do. to not worry and be amazing. Birth of Living Code is made by Anne Skog-Obel. If you want to help out, rate the show on iTunes and share with your friends. The best way for the podcast to grow is with your help. You can follow Anne on Instagram at anne.script4 for updates about coming episodes. If you have a story you'd like to tell, send an email to anne at birthoflivingcode.com there are links to everything on birthoflivingcode.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.